Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five and six-figure launches, tripled their income and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I have an incredible guest for you today. It's been a while between guests here on the podcast, but I'm so excited to bring back guests moving forward, starting with a very, very incredible episode and human. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Jill Stanton. Jill is the creator of Millionaire Girls Club, which is her corner of the internet where she curates and hosts lavish retreats for women entrepreneurs, making over 1 million who want to surround themselves with women who match their future and indulge in the fun side of success. When she's not CEOing, she can be found in Phuket, Thailand, where she lives with her husband, Josh, and their little guy, Kai. Jill and I met like many great girlfriend relationships through the internet. And I knew from the moment we started chatting that she was a woman after my own heart. In fact, after we stopped recording this episode, we continued chatting for about an hour off air. Um, Jill is such an incredible, inspiring woman and human. I remember when I first started my business, I saw Jill and her husband and their business screw the nine to five and always marveled at you know, their success. And Jill was very much on the podcast circuit at the time and, or maybe not the podcast circuit. I don't know whether we had podcasts at that time. She was on the circuit (laughs) and, you know, having so many conversations and was everywhere and in ads. And I remember thinking, wow, they've created and built something so incredible. And I really wanted to talk to Jill about what the transition looked like for her into Millionaire Girls Club. I knew that there must have been a story behind that and there absolutely was. So that's something we spoke to. We chatted all about alignment in business. We talked about, you know, human design. There's podcast recommendations. She shared some really practical online business advice and so much more. I know you're going to love this episode just as much as I loved recording it for you. Take a listen and I'll be back at the end and I'll share where you can find out a little bit more about Jill. Enjoy. Okay, so I know I just mentioned this to you off air, but I really want to dive in and talk a little bit more about your transition from screw the nine to five into the work that you're doing right now with Millionaire Girls Club. And I just want to kick off there because I feel like there's a good story there in the journey of your business, knowing that, you know, you've been someone who has been in online business for a really long time. I haven't shared this with you yet, but I remember when I first started in online business and seeing the work you and Josh were doing and 
feeling like very, very inspired by mm-hmm. you and everything you created. And so can you tell us a little bit more like why that transition from screw the nine to five to where you're at now in your business? Yeah. So the idea for MGC hit me. I remember it clear as day. Do you, are you into human design at all? Very much. MG. What's your type? MG. MG. I'm surrounded by MGs. What do you know what your profile is? <laughs> four six. Four six. Oh, I have a coaching client who's a four six MG. <laughs> Anywho, I'm a one four splenic manifester. And so it hit me like a goddamn bolt. Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, go for it. Go nuts. A motherfucking lightning bolt then. <laughs> <laughs> but truly it struck me like a lightning bolt. I remember I was on the back of a scooter driving through the rice fields of Ubud, Bali, like taken in the scene. And it just like, it hit me. And I was like, I said to Josh, who was driving, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm going to start running luxury retreats for women in business who are making million dollars plus. And he's like, I love that idea. And I was like, I am going to call it the millionaire girls club. He's like, Ooh, I love that. When are you going to run your first one? And I was like, Oh, probably never. Like that was just, I was so intimidated by the vision. I'm not going to pretend that I was like full confidence in myself at that point. Like Elliot, when I tell you that Josh and I started screwing the nine to five in 2013, 2013, and I did not teach my own thing until 2020. Like I had this like rock solid belief that I just was not a good coach. I was not smart. I was not the one who was like, the guy in the business, like, which is so funny because I was always the one front and center. Like Josh was never front and center the way that I was, but I was always like, well, Josh is a smart one. Josh is the coach. Josh is the one you want to learn from. And so I had all of this like identity stuff. Plus I had like 10 plus years of just really strained, humiliating, isolating, degrading experiences with women from my past, like through elementary school, high school, like into my twenties, I had a couple experiences in my thirties. Like there was not one part of me who felt ready to lead the millionaire girls club. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, I don't know, probably never. And I would mention it here and there to a couple girlfriends and they'd be like, please do this. And I'd be like, yeah, totally. I will at some point, but I just couldn't shake it. Because my main thing was like, well, Josh and I have such a good thing going on with screw the nine to five. Why would I mess that up? But it would not leave me. Like I could not shake it. And so finally in October, 2020, this is March, 2019 that I had this idea. October, 2020, I was finally like, fuck it. I'm all in. Like I'm going to do, excuse me. I was not all in at that point. I was like, I'm just going to try it. I'm just going (laughs) to like register the domain, see what happens. I'm going to start a podcast. Maybe I'll get some one-on-one clients, but I'm still like, screw the nine to five is totally my thing. I'm still totally going to do that. I just like need to figure this out first. And I started, so I had my podcast go live. I started in January, 2021. And for that first year, really for the first two and a bit years, I hid in plain sight. I was very intimidated by it. I did not have the emotional strength or emotional intelligence or self-awareness at that point to even realize like all the damage I had experienced from previous female friendships and how that was affecting me and my inability or my um, fear around showing up and holding space for powerful women. Like I just, I couldn't rectify it in my head. I was Everything inside me was like, danger, 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 abort, abort. 
Um, but I couldn't shake it. So I finally hit go on it, hit in plain sight for the first year. And somehow, I don't even know how, I got 14 chicks signed up for my retreats. I did not promote it. I did not really go heavy on the marketing. I brought three people that I knew, either coaching clients or previous mastermind members in. And then the other 11 just somehow found me, right? Whether that was through conversations or connections or someone hearing me on a podcast, whatever it was, 14 women said yes to this experience. And I, and this was like March, 2022 now. And so even going into that, I was saying to Josh, like, I don't know, like, I'll just run this one. We'll see. Like, we've got such a good thing going. So I don't really care about it. It's not my main thing. Like, I'm just going to do it, have fun, see what happens. Day one, I was like, I am obsessed with this. And all my girls were like, are you going to do another one? Are you going to do another one? I was like, I don't know. Who knows? Like, I don't know if this is my thing. Day two, I was like, I'm all in, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) It was demon voice and everything. It was the most fun, effortless, healing, intentional, aligned, enjoyable thing I had ever done. Like, I couldn't unsee it. And it was just, it left a mark on me. And I was like, must do more. (laughs) And so I went back into... Screw the nine to five, like literally got home the next day. I was hitting sales calls for screw the nine to five. And all of a sudden, it was just like this massive existential crisis for me because I went from the thing that felt like truly in my wheelhouse, like catering to my strengths. I've always been a connector, like setting people up, connecting them, like hosting experiences. That's always been who I was. Even in high school, I was bringing my girlfriends together. University, I was hosting dinner parties for all my friends. Like Mm -hmm. it's always been my thing. I was a bartender. I would introduce all my regulars. Like it was just always a strength of mine. And so then I go back into like slinging sales calls inside Screw the 9 to 5. And I was just like, I was suffocating in the dude energy that our business, like I couldn't unsee it. It was just like so forced to me at that point. And I was like, I think, so that was April, 2022. I probably cried every single day until the end of June, 2022, until Josh was finally like, do you think maybe this is your sign to go all in on MGC? And I was like, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I was just, I feel silly even saying it, but I was just quite intimidated by the vision. Like I just, Mm. I had a lot of layers of like, my coach says it's trauma. But yeah. I just, I don't always love attaching that like heavy label to it, but it, it was intense for me to overcome it. And yes. I just knew like deep down, even through all my bullshit, all my resistance, all my feels, all my every, all my excuses, I knew deep down with certainty that I was the one to lead this. And so it's just been a gradual process of me healing my stuff getting clear on my resistance. Like, why don't I like, for example, at my first retreat, a lot of the girls were like, are you going to open up a mastermind? And I was like, fuck no. And then I was like, wait a second. Why don't I want a mastermind? Like, why don't I want to go deep with these women? And once I realized that I just didn't want to get my heart broken again, I didn't want to have that experience again. I realized, well, if that's the fear, then underlying that is like, I really deeply crave that. And I'm just like putting stuff on it to like, save myself from, you know, quote unquote, disappointment or non, non-met expectations. And the second I realized that, then I started to mastermind. And then this year has been like, <laughs> it's almost like you, you say to the universe, I'm ready to go all in with this. And it's like, all right, let's go. You're going to prove it. 
And so this year has been, it's been a season of reclamation for me of my own power, my own emotions, my own relationships, communicating inside of those, setting standards, setting boundaries. Like I've just been in such an excavation process this Mm -hmm. year too. It's felt like this like accelerated calibration (laughs) to become the version of me who has everything I say I want to be the one who can lead and facilitate a group like the Millionaire Girls Club. Um, Because those those chicks are up to big things, man. Like they've got big visions. They're making big moves. They've got big courage. They've got big standards. They've got big boundaries. Mm -hmm. They've got like, you know, they've got so much going on. They've got so much magic to them. And I believe at least that it takes a certain kind of human to hold space for that caliber of network. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm all in. It's been painful in the most beautiful way. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other side of healing a lot of that, though, and doing that deep work, like I'm so proud of myself and I have like the deepest level of self-trust I've ever had. And it's branched off into so many things. Like I have my next retreat. I have my, the club that I'm re-envisioning and re-imagining. I have her first million, which is now debuting. I've got a podcast coming up, you know, like I'm in motion with it, but it took me years to finally Mm -hmm. give myself the green lights to be like, okay, I believe in who I am now. I trust in who I am. I know I can do this. Let's hit the gas. So that was a long-winded answer. (laughs) I loved every second of it. And I feel like you just gave me about 20 different directions I could take this in and I I need to choose the one road. So, you know, no pressure on choosing that one We know we're going to get all of them. (laughs) (laughs) This is your permission, my friend. (laughs) Right. I'm like, there's a million ways we could take this right now. So I want to know when you were on the back of that motorbike and you had that aha moment, like, what were you feeling in the lead up to that? Were you feeling like life was a little bit like not quite right for you? Were you feeling like things were off or was it just a like, this is the next move I need to take? Like, if anybody's <laughs> listening to this and they're maybe in a season of business that's not feeling super in alignment, because I I coach and, and I'm sure you do in your mastermind as well, like mm-hmm. women where they're in those seasons where it's like, things are good or maybe even things are great. Like, you've got the money, you've got the relationships, you've got the boxes are being ticked, but you know that you're not fulfilling that fully aligned state of business that you know you're meant to be in. I'm so curious about the precursor to that. I'm like smiling so big because I'm like, get ready. (laughs) (laughs) Go, go. Okay. So that's March, 2019. Mm. Um, uh, December, 2018, Josh and I shut down every single offer we had inside screw the nine to five that no longer felt aligned with who we wanted to be Mm -hmm. and the business we wanted to grow. We shut down everything that no longer served us. We had a membership of over 800 members. That was like 80% of our income at that point, like making hundreds of thousands of dollars. It just felt like it was suffocating us at that point. We had outgrown the model. We were new parents. We had new awareness around the standards and boundaries we wanted to have in our life. We had new awareness or new a more expanded perspective around how we wanted business to work for us, how we wanted to make money, what our strengths were. And so I was in the like alignment bubble and like the like feeling so proud of us bubble that comes with shutting down stuff that was no longer aligned with us. Cause I am a true believer. Alignment is velocity. And Mm -hmm. if you are not aligned with something, it is in your best interest to do whatever the fuck it takes to get back into alignment. And I'll just preface this. Like, most people didn't understand why we shut down all our stuff, but they didn't need to. They didn't need to get it. We got it. 
if you are given a vision, no one else needs to get that vision. You need to get that vision because you were given it. They weren't. Mm -hmm. And so we got so much pushback. People would be like, are you guys okay? Like, what are you doing? Why are you shutting this down? Like, are you guys imploding? What's happening? Um, Because we were so known for our community at that point. That was like Mm -hmm. how we had come on the scene was like as these community builders, right? And so to then close that and be like, nah, we're done. (laughs) People are like, uh, record scratch, what's happening? Mm -hmm. But all we knew is that it felt good to us. Like we never once doubted if we'd be able to make money. We already knew how to make money. Like our energetic set point at that point was like five, six hundred thousand dollars. So if if nothing else, we knew how to make five or $600,000 a year. You know what I mean? So we yes. knew we could count on ourselves. And so no one else needed to get what we wanted to do. We needed to get it because we're the ones to lead it and build it. And it was a beautiful experience. Like we told everyone, we gave them three and a half months heads up. We had a beautiful closing ceremony. Everyone got to share their favorite memories. Like it was, it was so beautiful. And then we had a whole year of space to like rebuild and redesign how we wanted it to be. And so that was the vibe Mm. that I was in. I was like, I can do anything. And then the universe is like, can you do this? (laughs) Yes. No, no, I can't universe. (laughs) I just, I just love this so much. So I'm just going to share something personal with you. So when this episode airs, It will air the week after I've just announced on the podcast that I'm closing down one of my three masterminds. And I, at the day that we're recording this right now, I've just announced it to my clients today and I'm having some, yeah, I'm having some really big feelings about it. I just had, you know, a client who reached out who left work early because she was so sad about, you know, the news and, Obviously, like there's so much beauty in that. I know that it's because we've created something really exceptional. I also know the decision is so right for me, but I just wanted to share that with you. And for those of you listening, you know, who are long listeners to the podcast, like what an interesting conversation that we're having right now, just off the back of this. And I, and I, I didn't know how much I needed to hear what you were just saying. So thank you for that. Can I quickly ask, like, how was, how was the initial reaction? Because I know when we told people, we told them at our members event <laughs> in person. And right. I was so anxious about it. I was like, I was wrapped up in so much guilt. Like they called us yeah. mom and dad. Like I'm pretty sure we all had some level of codependency in that yes. membership. Like, but it, once the dust settled and and they were able to absorb and hear our reasons for it, you know, we felt out of integrity continuing to hold that space because we didn't want to, you know, I was yes. getting so feisty by the end of it. I would just like, yeah. So once the dust settled and people could understand why, then they were more receptive to it. But I ask you because we had over 800 members and we had three people who were really pissed about it, like really, really mm-hmm. mad, which is fine. Like everyone can have their reaction. They don't have to live my life. I don't have to live theirs. Like it, you know, it is what it is. We gave people access to all of our content for a year after it closed. Like we did the best we could. And also I can never control someone's reaction. So I had to really like separate myself from that. So what was your experience? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's such early days. Like we, you know, recording this, I announced today, but positive feedback so far massively. It's just been like, sadness and also a lot of like, I see why this makes sense for you. And I think that to mirror what you just said there, so much of it is that communication, right? Like I was so Mm -hmm. transparent about these are the reasons why this is actually not a smart business decision. 
And these are the reasons why this is an essential decision for me and therefore for the business. And I think like that communication is just so important, I think, because we did, yeah, because we did a good job of that or, you know, I did a good job of that. It's something that's being received, even if obviously there is process around it. So it's- And so what are the big feels you're dealing with then? I am dealing with- I love that this is turning into a coaching session. <laughs> I don't mean to. I just mean because I <laughs> my biggest one was guilt. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling guilt. I've I've had to witness myself being like, like you can't create full solutions here for every single person. You can't, you know, have that over responsibility piece. We were talking off air beforehand about how I just hurt my back and how often yeah. for me that's related mm. to over responsibility. So that I'm really noticing that desire to be like, I want to be over responsible for everyone. I want to serve and support everyone. I want to like take everyone to their edges of what they need that I can support yeah. them with. And actually that's not the reality that I can do, especially, you know, in my masterminds, I always fully book well ahead of time. Like there is more demand than there is supply. And that just has to be like, I just have to be okay with that. Um, That's a great problem. So great problem to have, but also like, it's still a problem, right? You know, it's that thing where it's like, it's great problem. And also it's like reconciling it in your body being like, Hey, I'm safe for this to be the reality. Yes. Yeah. Because it's safe for me to be in demand. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Like I want to be in demand. Like my total intention with the club, like my mastermind for MGC although I really struggle with the term mastermind, it's like a bougie social club mm. is my goal with that is for it to be like so far waitlisted that anyone who's on the waitlist would do anything to be a part of it. And the people who are in it would never dream of leaving it. Like, so yeah. it's safe I to be seen in that. And like yep. being sought after is, is a beautiful place to finally be in your business. I'm sure. hundred percent. And you I probably would have I, dreamed for this would have dreamt of it. And I feel that for you in what you're sharing Mm, in, you you know, when I think about, again, what you just shared about the way that you're perceived to me and for everyone listening, Jill and I and new friends, you know, we've chatted on Instagram a couple of times. It's the first time we're meeting face-to-face, face-to-face over the internet. Um, (laughs) Good enough. You know, (laughs) for now. Good as, um, (laughs) you know, when I think about you and like perception of you in, you know, having been in the online space for such a long time and doing amazing things, the way that you just shared or the way that you just shared in the way that you did so vulnerably about how you saw yourself, isn't it just so interesting, like that perception piece and, as you were speaking, I just, you know, in thinking about everyone listening, I'm like, I think this is such a cool conversation to have, albeit maybe, you know, talking about that demand thing and there might be people listening that are like, shut up, bitches, like not in that season yet. But also how fun to know that it's like you can see yourself in that way and you can make that your reality. Mm, like, yes, you know. Like, I think consciously designing how you want to see yourself is some of the most important work you can do. Like I was just kind of like, I woke up in a bit of a funk today and I was like, I'm just going to go to the gym. I did like a angry workout where I'm like on the (laughs) elliptical, like damn near dying because the intensity is so strong. And I'm listening to like a track from superhuman meditation. I don't know if anyone listens to that app, but like, and I was just like, just redesigning how I want to view myself. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's so many, I'm the type of chick who gets everything she wants. That's been something I've repeated to myself 
since 2018, it is one of my go-tos. And I believe it to my core now on both sides. If I get something I want, it's like, well, I'm the type of chick who gets everything she wants. And if something negative or, you know, undesirable comes into my life, I'm like, well, shit, I'm the type of chick who gets everything she wants. So my focus must have been off or something must have been off to bring this into my life. It's like the ultimate personal responsibility is like, if if I want to be the type of chick who gets everything she wants, then who do I need to be? Number one, for me at least, is courageous. Like I absolutely need to be open to wading through the feels that come with expansion because I think so many people, I mean, all of us desire expansion, right? But most of us don't really want to navigate the discomfort that comes with (laughs) expansion. They're like, no, 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 no. No, I want the good I want the good expansion, not the challenging expansion. But if you deeply crave expansion, then you also have to be able to increase your capacity to navigate discomfort Mm -hmm. because you can't get one without the other. You don't just get the happy discomfort without the painful discomfort. You have to navigate the painful discomfort in order to get the happy expansion. You know what I mean? And so it's just so one way I view myself is I'm courageous. Yeah, Like I will do whatever it takes. It, w- within like within my own values and in alignment with who I want to be and within my identity and whatnot. Number two, I deeply trust myself. And yes. I know like I will lean into my strengths always. And so mm-hmm. for me, you know, I had a lot of pushback earlier on in my growing up and whatnot around my personality. And so I used to dim that a lot. I wasn't as loud or as as much of a big personality as I can be now because it used to get me attacked. <laughs> truthfully, you know, so I like dimmed that big time in the interest of safety. And then I think I had like a pendulum swing moment where I was like, "Ah," and I went like to the extreme. (laughs) And now I've just kind of found my way in a happy medium where I'm like, I feel good about who I am and how I am and how I be and my standards and who I have in my life and what I say yes to and what I say no to. And, you know, like I just own that more and more. Every day, really, because I I prioritize a lot of self-work every single day. It's like the biggest form of work I think you can do. Well, that was going to be my next question. You've mentioned discomfort being such a big part of that expansion. So when you're in peak discomfort, practically speaking, what are you doing to move yourself Mm. through that? What does that look like? I do breath work a lot. But like... Some people will be like, do four rounds. I'm like there on round 14 being like, is it better yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do a lot of breath work um, yes. because a lot of people can turn their brains off. I haven't figured out how to do that yet. So breath work is a very active like contemplation process for me as well. And so I go through a lot of like, what is really bothering me right now? Like what feels painful to me? Uncertainty, confusion, scarcity, like what is it? Rejection, abandonment. What is judgment? Like, what is it that's really like heightening me right now, activating me? Okay, cool. What's underneath that? Like, what is the real thing? Because that's like the compound emotion, right? But what's underneath that? Mm -hmm. And so then once I get clear on that, it's like, okay, well, what do I need to heal? What do I need to understand about myself? What can I like, how can I love on myself a bit more to let myself know I'm safe no matter what? And that I deeply trust myself to know that I've always got it. And I yes. think that stuff comes after the reps. Like as you've mm-hmm. done this more and more, you've, you know, taken a couple hits or you've fallen down a couple times. I think that's how you build the emotional resiliency needed to create everything you want to create. It doesn't come to those who are almost all the way in the pool except for one foot. 
you know, <laughs> like people still have exactly. one foot on the like side of the pool, but the rest of their body is all in. And um, it's just the process of taking off that foot and diving all in and, and embracing all of it, like the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the stresses and the successes, the expansion and the discomfort. Like you can't get one without the other. That mm-hmm. is the thrill of entrepreneurship. That is yeah. the thrill, the contrast. The contrast is the thrill of becoming all that you are here to be. Yes. It's just most people don't have the resiliency or the staying power or the resolve (laughs) to make it through that because it it can suck. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that because I I love what you shared there. And I said to you off air before we had this conversation that there are a couple of things I wanted to chat with you about. I wanted to talk to you about alignment in business because from what I've seen with this transition, you're just modeling something so incredibly well that I think it's just going to be so useful for everyone that's listening. I really believe that. And I love what you just shared just now because it was in some ways exactly what I wanted to like hear that process and and a story behind what that looks like. And I think that that will be so inspiring for so many people that are listening. Let's talk about like being in the online space and what is required to do that over the long haul for a moment, because I'm such a big believer in, you know, obviously there's so many, so I've been um, working in my business for seven years mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, have seen some seasons, not as many as you have in the time that you've been in the online space. And you came in when it was like right in its infancy, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. you essentially were there. The days of the like movement. long tail SEO. <laughs> And blog I don't networks. even know what that means. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> That's this just how a, old I am. <laughs> that? Um, but yes, exa- I, I think what you mean is like, you mean like long form blogs, right? No, I mean like blog networks, like private blog networks for linking purposes for SEO. Gotcha. <laughs> that okay. shit did not know. so black hat now. I love it. I love it. There you go for everyone listening. Like that's the example. Um, Okay. So tell us, I think my question that I want to ask you here is kind of twofold. Like what have you seen that you find to be the most interesting about the online space over these years? Like I'd just love to know, like, what do you think is fascinating about the growth of the space and specifically in relation to like online educators and coaches specifically my audience are coaches creatives consultants Mm. and then also my second question is something along the lines of what is required to be a human who has staying power Mm. in this game you know you mentioned that like emotional resilience that you know I talk a lot about like entrepreneurial maturity which I think is Mm -hmm. so much of what you shared there like what is required so so what do you think is interesting about the changes and and the game itself and then what do you think is required to be somebody who can continue long term where do I start? Yeah. Um, in the beginning, it was very much like one offer, sell it over, 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 and over, and over, and over until you hit the, whatever goal you want to hit, right? Mm-hmm. I think we saw this in the days of B-School, even with, I don't know, like JLD's po- um, Podcaster's Paradise, James's Business by Design, Amy's mm-hmm. Digital Course Academy. Uh, tribe with Stu, like all these people who had one offer that they were known for. It's like, that is the thing they do. And now you have this whole new crop of coaches coming in with like 
fuck that noise. I'm going to do 57 different offers and I'm going to sell them all different ways. And they're all unique. They're all not like, they're all different. Some people have like, I don't know, like micro minds. Some people have audio programs. Some people have, you know, paid workshops. Some people do paid launches. That's my favorite thing. Like paid launches, paid evergreen funnels. Like there's so many different ways of doing it. I think another big evolution that we're seeing that I think Josh and I played, I mean, we are not the like forefront of this. People were definitely doing it before us, but I think we've been very loud about it is no longer doing free on the front insert anything here. Like I, you could not, you won't find one free thing on my website. Not a fucking mm-hmm. chance because I just don't think people who shop around for freebies have skin in the game. I understand yeah. that yeah. at a certain level, some people need that. I get that. Mm-hmm. And maybe at a certain part of my journey, when I was very, very new and not accustomed to investing, you know, a couple thousand dollars into something, I was looking for freebies, but like my standard for people who I want to work with personally. And I always think it's a personal decision how you want to grow your business. But for me, I only want to work with people who have skin in the game. I only want to work with people who are willing to pay to play. So that for me is a big thing. And so Josh and I got very loud around this around 2020, like paid launches, started working with some of the biggest people in the space to start helping them do paid launches. Like you're about to see that with Amy Porterfield's launch coming up, you know, like she worked with our team to help her figure out her paid launch process. And now it's like a huge clutch move in her business, her highest converting thing. So I think you're going to see people shifting more towards customer acquisition versus lead acquisition. I think leads, uh, they're not as engaged. They don't convert as high. They don't show up as much. They don't have skin in the game. They typically make a lot of excuses. They typically Mm -hmm. feel like a drain on your energy. And so it's just, I think that's a big thing we're going to start seeing, especially as lead costs continue to go up. Um, It's just becoming more and more expensive to acquire a bunch of freebie seekers who don't know how they're going to convert. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the days of like, hoping and praying for a 3% launch is like so far over. People are like, nah, how do we do more? Like, what can we do to be more creative? Um, I think what we're seeing is a shift in like price points. I think a lot of people have been dabbling with different price points. I think last year and in 2021, we saw this like crazy explosion of higher prices. Like all of a sudden people are selling like 100K masterminds and shit. And it was almost like, what? Is this because yeah. of stimulus money? <laughs> What's happening? Yes. And is it is it also is like at what point does value end and just ego pricing start? Yeah, for sure. And I think I think you're starting to see a couple of people claw that back now. Yeah. Um, or just play around with price points, you know? Like yeah. my business model is higher ticket because of who I serve and because of yes. what I want to create. Like I need to charge higher prices because my retreats, for example, are like very expensive to run. And so if you want to attend them, they're a premium price point or like the guests I want to bring in or speakers or whatever it is, like certain things require an elevated price point because of the way you invest back into the experience. Um, But I also have like, you know, for her first million, I'll have an entry program that's like 44 bucks, you know, but yeah, still it's like, pay to play model. What is another shift? I think I think we see people doing like much more um like we're moving away from everything being perfect. And we're moving into yep. an age of resonance. That's what I think people want. I don't think they care about perfect yeah. anymore. I think what they really want is resonance. They just want to mm. they want to know that they know you or that they can trust you or that they can see you. 
I love that because I've never really jived with perfect. I'm say what I mean and mean what I say. And so yep. that one plays to my strengths. <laughs> I love it. Um, and then for what was the other one? Oh, he's like in the emotional roller coaster yeah. that is entrepreneurship. Yeah. The thing like, I think quiet of you. Emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. I would say is number one. Self-awareness mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence, emotional fitness, you know, realizing that yes, along the way you're gonna get a little battered. That's how you develop a thicker skin. I I think so many people equate mental toughness or mental strength to just like having it easy, but that's that's not how you build strength. That's not how you build muscle. You build muscle when it's heavy and you still lift it. You build mental strength, mental toughness, mental fitness, emotional fitness when shit is heavy and you still carry it. That is how you build that level of strength for yourself. It's Mm -hmm. not by having an easy go and never experiencing anything that triggers you. Like, I really think our triggers or our activations help us see into what we need to heal. So many people just like fucking spew their triggers all over the goddamn place. Like, it's just like, we're here to help them clean it up. Like, no, homie, you're here to clean that up for yourself. And then from there, as you can heal that, you get the power that comes from that. If I were to clean that up for you, I would rob you of your power. But because you have to clean it up for yourself, you build this like deep sense of self-trust that you can you can handle anything or mm-hmm. you are capable of doing so much more than you once thought you were. You know, like you develop this level of calmness, certainty, mm-hmm. self-trust and like self-awareness truly is what I think it all comes down to. And if you can stay steady in that, I mean, you're untouchable. Even if you have dips, I think people think that in order to be successful, it's like, oh, or like prosperous, it's only like up and up only. But like the true definition of prosperity is like when you can stay steady in your prosperity, even through the ups and downs. Like if Mm -hmm. you do not bend or cave or freak out during the downs, like the ups are going to be so much better because the downs come with the ups and the ups come with the downs. And it's not Mm -hmm. like either, or it's both. Mm -hmm. It's I weather this and I reap the benefits. It's I have all the success and I go through challenging moments Mm -hmm. and I trust myself and I know I can do it. And if I need to scream into a pillow, I'll do that. If I need to do breath work, I'll do that. My go-tos in hard seasons is always breath work, listening to books or reading books and working out and just yeah. going a bit easier on myself and realizing like I'm in the contrast right now. Yes. That's okay. I've made it through it before. Like I, I've got yeah. this. I know how to do this. It just sucks. I love what you shared just there. I hope everyone was taking notes in some form. I love, um, I, I really agree with you around like the thing that's going to support us to be able to continue in business is to have that emotional intelligence. And I think that something I'm certainly seeing is that anybody who's coming into this game, and I actually think that I think we're all personally responsible for ourselves, but I think that online messages have a lot to answer for over the last couple of years of that, like, hey, the online game is just so easy. Like you come in and Mm. you can just make money so quickly and it's just really easy. And I think that in some ways that messaging has perpetuated some entitlement around like, actually this thing just gets to be really easy for me. But 
what you spoke to just there, the people that I see repeatedly scale, succeed, shift, transform, you know, continue to create and show up and, you know, have a presence in some form or another are those who are very willing to keep adapting and keep showing up through the hardships and the hard times and just really continuing to go, well, actually, no, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm I'm here for a long time. And my role is to keep playing with like, what does that look like for my business in amidst, you know, different economic times and changes in the online space and just continuing to really adapt there. Agility yeah. is so yes. clutch in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Being and it means nothing about you if you change course. You can just yes. as easily make that mean like I'm reading the room. Yes. Mm, you know, like that's like my that. favorite part about launching is yes. like Josh and I have never been like, we can't veer off course. Like this is what our launch plan says. You know, we're yes. like, what's what's off? What What is off here? What could we fix? What could we do? What are people asking? Where are they tripping up? Like, especially inside Screw the 9 to 5. Like If we're all real, like in the earlier stage entrepreneur market, like that's like marketing on crack because there is so much competition. And so you have to stay on your game and you have to stay agile in your sales process because if you don't, you're going to run into hiccups. You'll just be like, so what? You're going to have a shit converting launch just because you don't think you could veer off your launch plan? No Mm -hmm. way. Like one of the best things you could do in sales is stay agile. I so hear you on that. I practically speaking, something that I always do during a launch is set aside an hour a day for tweaks and changes to content creation. And I think that that's so useful. It's like always having that time where you know you can tweak, change, shift, be agile, Mm -hmm. as you say. That was so useful. I love everything you shared there. And I feel like that was really like tangible advice around shifts. And can I just make a note around the easy part? Like, oh, entrepreneurship is supposed to be easy. I think um, one, I think most people, at least as you get to this stage, right? We're talking to people who are already making money in their business, correct? Like your audience, they're already up to big things. I think we all know by now. We're smart enough to know. It's never going to be quote unquote easy. I'm not looking for it to be easy. I'm Mm. looking for it to be ease-y. Like I want ease in my life. I want spaciousness. I want mental white space. I want Mm. to enjoy the process. I don't need it to be easy. Like, oh, look, (laughs) I just made a million dollars in five days. Like I hold space for that. I would love to experience that. And what I'm looking for is ease, which comes Mm. with alignment, which comes with self-awareness, which comes with like removing a lot of the meaning we assign to things that we don't want. Oh my God, my launch isn't performing. What does that mean about me? Bruh, it means you need to be agile. Look for solutions, like be resourceful. It doesn't mean anything negative about you or your future or who you are as an entrepreneur. It just is inviting you into an opportunity to change shit, to align yourself to ease versus making it like giving it all these like, like meanings and connotations that just disempower you. I think when you can get a handle on that, things become easier. I love that distinction so much. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Is there anything in this alignment conversation specifically that we haven't touched on or missed that you want to wrap up on? I think a lot of people trip themselves up being like, oh, it doesn't feel easy, so it must not be aligned, you know, or, oh, this scares me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like one, good. Sounds like you're in a good spot then. 
And two, the thing that I always, I mean, I am such a nutcase for human design. Like I love it so much. So I'm always going to suggest people learn about their design because for me, how I do things is probably very different to how you do things, right? Mm -hmm. Your MG energy is like multi-passionate. To me, I'm like, I like having multiple offers, but I am not like alpha femme. She's Mm -hmm. a three, five MG. That chick is spouting out offers all over the damn place. I would be very overwhelmed in that. For her, Mm -hmm. it seems very aligned. And so learning about that and how you best work, how you best tick, what you want for your life. Like, what do you want for your business? What do you want for your life? And then get clear on that. And then my litmus test is always like, does this feel heavy or light? Yes. Like when I think about leaning into it, into something and creating something and all the work that goes into that, when I think about it, do I expand, i.e., does it feel light or do I contract, i.e., it feels mm-hmm. heavy? You'll always be able to tune into that if you really like yes. center yourself and you're like, do I expand or contract? Because you will know even deep down, like that's the, that's the power of self-awareness, I think, like getting to see the subtle cues. So for me as a a splenic manny, like I know my like decisions come in like that's a move for me. Whereas mm-hmm. other people who might be emotional authority or whatnot, like they have to process. My decisions probably look very reactive because I'm like, nope, I already know that's the move. And people will be like, do you yes. want to think about it? No, I don't. I know that's the move for me. But for you, yes. if you're emotional authority, it's like, I'm going to give myself, you know, 24 to 48 hours to figure this out. And in that time, I'm going to mm-hmm. contemplate and figure out like, do I expand or do I contract when I think about this? And Mm -hmm. also realizing like, hello, this is your business. You are the boss, which means you can change your mind. You're in control. And some people will hit me, but like, what about my team? Again, this is where we build a team that is comfortable with agility. Like staying on on our toes, like making split second decisions based on something that feels aligned or moves us closer to our goal. Like I just think it doesn't have to be rigid. It can be whatever you want it to be. Again, like yes. we are the bosses of our business. This is what we are working for is the freedom of choice, the freedom of opportunities, the freedom to do whatever the heck we want to do. And so giving yourself the power or the reassurance that, no, I can make this decision because I'm the boss. It's my business and I'm the leader and I have to lead myself, my team and my clients. And so yes. if I'm doing that from a place of like rooted certainty and I'm not being like reactive or volatile, then I've done the work to process my decision. I know it's in alignment and I'm moving forward. And then it's like gasoline, baby. Joe, I love that so much. Thank you so much for speaking to that, for like driving it home, read that agility piece. I love that so much. And I think that, I mean, so much of what you share is going to be useful for our people, but especially speaking to that and knowing exactly what you need in what season, especially right now when a lot of people are really feeling that transition energy and also bold underline what you said about really knowing what that looks like for you as well and knowing deeply who you are, how you work, how you operate, Mm -hmm. creating a team around that. Thank you so much for this convo. I've loved every second of it. And I know everyone else listening is going to as well. I'm so happy to have come on. Thank you. And I love this combo. Pleasure. So good. How great was that episode? I don't doubt you loved it just as much as I loved recording it for you. Now, if you want to go ahead and check out Jill, which I highly recommend you do, 
You can check her out at millionairegirlsclub.com or over on Instagram at the Millionaire Girls Club. We'll pop both of those in the show notes as well so that you have them. And as always, if you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. That way we can get this podcast into the hands of more incredible women, coaches, creatives, and consultants. Thank you for being here with me. I'll be back with you next week.